be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Heavenly Father, we love your presence, Lord. Every song, every prayer, every atmosphere of every believer. We just love to be here tonight. We just feel right now we could go into the service and the communion, breaking of the bread and taking the wine. The atmosphere is right, Lord. We just pray the words that will be spoken would only lead further. Cultivating this love for you, Jesus. Just settle down as you are right now into the midst of your children. May tonight's communion service be special and very dear to our hearts. As we open your word now for a few moments, may every life here sense your nearness. Come closer, Lord God. Minister to every single heart individually. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We'll go to Isaiah 53. been standing. going to speak uh, briefly before we go into the communion service. I'm going to speak on the love of communion, and we just pray the Lord would do that for us. Give us a love for communion. Amen. This closeness. Many have uh, sacrificed to be here tonight. Some have driven two or three hours one way, and uh, I know there's needs in our assembly, too, of individuals that have come out special, looking for healing and uh, the Lord to minister to them to the service. We don't want to be a distraction to that. We want the Lord to come and, and speak to us now. Isaiah 53, real familiar as we have communion on our hearts. Verse 1. Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely, this is our lovely Lord Jesus. He hath borne our griefs. And carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Praise the Lord. Something comes through our hearts when we read these things. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. I am healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Isn't that precious? He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before her shears is dumb. So he openeth not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken, and he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. It's amazing scripture. 
It pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see of the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. He's bearing our iniquities tonight. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul into death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. And we thank God tonight that he's our high priest. God bless you. You can have your seats. We'll just take a few moments. Let us speak about the love of communion. And tonight we're not just speaking of the communion table or of uh, taking the bread and wine, but it's a love for relationship. It's a love for fellowship, as Brother Michael prayed. Give us communion with you, Lord. Give us a love for talking to you. What could we do tonight to cultivate this love in one another? As we are, have been called kings and priests unto God, then He is our high priest. But we're kings and priests. So when we gather like this, it's also to allow us to cultivate that in one another. A love for Him. Do you believe that tonight? And communion isn't just to talk like one-sided with someone, but it's actually to allow there to be a back-and-forth relationship. And we don't want to make God a, just an errand boy. And when we're in trouble, and when we get in a hard place, you know, we can think we got it all good while it's good, and then when it gets hard, then we put in a prayer request, or we get on our knees. No, may the Lord give us a love for communion. Give us a conviction for an experience with God. That's what love is. It's a desire. And tonight, just for a few minutes before we go to the communion, that the Lord would just stir that desire up. As Brother Branham talked about, what was your desire before and what is it now? It's working on the desire. And communion is to commune with Him and to bring a unity in our hearts. It's to bring a closeness to Him. I've had this prayer for the last week or so. Lord Jesus, don't never let me be one that denies you. We see, we've seen it in our day. People that used to love the Lord Jesus, and they can walk right away, walk into the world, or live unholy, and yet be so brazen and so bold. I pray God always keep our hearts tender. Does anyone share that desire, Lord? Lord, don't let me become to a place I get hardened on the Lord. 
No matter how difficult your life is or the persecution, as we heard this morning on many of you, is great with your family or maybe on your job or in your school. But don't let that become a place where it hardens your heart and you become bitter and calloused. Maybe tonight just a few words will be the Lord cultivating a love for back for him. I believe it's good for all of us to just say, Lord, don't let me never walk away and feel comfortable out of your presence. They have in the world what they call panic attacks when people get um, nervous or they don't really feel comfortable and they start acting in a certain way. I know for believers, we don't really feel comfortable in this world. And it ought to be where we feel like almost panicked when we get out of his presence. What can I do to come back into your presence, Lord? Instead of running away, it's, I want to run to you. Hallelujah. I, I, I so appreciate the Lord that he's inviting us to communion and not driving us away. The church is full tonight because we have been instructed over the years that God loves us. Come to the communion table. Lay aside the busyness of life. It's not a duty. We're not here because we have to. There's a love. Even in Isaiah 53, when you read this whole chapter, speaking of the Lord Jesus and how he was oppressed and he was afflicted and wounded, but it was all for us. He loved you. And when he was here, he prayed to the Father that we would be one with him as he and the Father are one. And he, he prayed that several times in one chapter that we, that it's all out of love. And Lord Jesus, don't let our relationship with you just be one that we're just putting up with it. Or we're putting up with, you know, serving the Lord, but don't let it be like that. Let it be a love, Lord. Where it's not all me doing a nervous talking or just expressing my need, but a communion. He can talk back to us. Not be wonderful tonight. He just gives us that relationship as we are going to just turn to the scripture now in Psalms 34. Can we turn there? Just a couple places to turn to the scripture. He was broken for you. His body was broken for you. The deacons in a few minutes are going to break the bread. He was broken for you. You know, it's amazing, but even while we're just speaking like this in this way, the Holy Spirit could just drop down in someone's heart and fill them with the Holy Ghost. Cancer could leave somebody's body tonight. A tumor could just fall off. Someone's back trouble. There's healing in communion. Not just the cup. There's healing in communion. Because you could drink the cup and break the bread literally if there's no spiritual communion. It's just all a lip service. It's all formality. God doesn't want it to be that way. He wants it to be a love. So let's look here as we look into the scripture for a moment in Psalms 34, verse 18. Verse 17, we'll read that verse. The righteous cry... And the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh, or he's close, watch this scripture, unto them that are of a broken heart. 
Psalms 34:18 The Lord is near or nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. What a scripture. Because Laodicea is says I have need of nothing. They're so proudful. They don't need the Lord. The believer knows we need the Lord. The Lord's close to you that are broken. And he reaches out to save such as be of a contrite spirit. I was wondering what that word contrite means. It literally means a person. It actually says their spirit. So it means that they are crushed. They've been broken into pieces. It literally means in the Hebrew, they are made down into the dust. You say no one would want relationship with that type of person, Brother John. They, they're not standing up. They're not upright. They don't have much to offer. And the Bible is very contrary. It says the Lord is near unto those that have been brought down to the dust. Then that's us tonight. Those that are shattered. Can we turn to Psalms 51? Psalms 51 verse 16. Remember, Jesus was crushed. Jesus was broken. Jesus was shattered. His bones were shattered. He bled for you. This is all love. He didn't have to leave heaven. He's God Almighty. But love brought him down. It's love that takes us back up to him. It's the love of communion. Psalms 51 verse 16 for thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. Psalms 51, verse 17. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. Was he broken for us? <laughs> Even his very uh, image, we turned our face from him. Like he was, there was no beauty in him that any of us would desire him. It was love coming down. It's picked up our hearts and caught us away. Tonight, that's what it is. As we look in, in the verse 17 again, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken and a contrite heart, O Lord, thou wilt not despise. One more verse, Isaiah 66, please. If we can go to Isaiah 66. This is what really moved our hearts several weeks ago when we read this verse in Isaiah 66. Lord, give us a love for communion. Help me to realize, Lord, that when we see brokenness, He sees perfection. That's a whole nother sermon, but I had it in my notes to speak about the perfection of brokenness. We see brokenness. We see crushed. God sees perfection. You see something shattered and ruined and you're embarrassed. You're ashamed. God says, that's my bride. That's love. In our humanness, we feel like running sometimes. In our, in our human natural part, we see shatteredness and pieces all over the ground. And God sees perfection without spot or without wrinkle. It's looking through the eyes of love. We look at one another sometimes and look at one another's faults and failures. 
and our hinder parts. And I, I do pray this also, that we would never become common to one another. The very cream of the crop, the very best of heaven. And we become common to one another. We see each other's hinder parts. God drop love down into our hearts that we could realize we're rubbing shoulders with men and women that are going to make it to heaven. Praise God. We're going to make it to heaven. And we might be in our garden of Gethsemane. We might be in our time on our cross. Many times might get us heavy, heavy laden. And we might be laden over tonight with our cross. But we're under the inspiration of take up your cross and follow Jesus. So we're not pointing at our cross and pointing at our trouble and pointing at our trials tonight and saying, oh, woe is me. We've picked it up and we're carrying it tonight. Jesus bore his cross. We all have a cross. And rather than looking at your cross tonight and saying, wow, it's so broken. It's so shattered. It's barely holding it together. Why don't you look at your cross as something that you can appreciate? God gave you a cross to bear. He bore his cross. Let's look here in Isaiah 66, verse 1 and 2. Thus saith the Lord. We're going to come back to this in a, right before we close. Thus saith the Lord, the heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that ye build unto me? Think of this word house. What kind of dwelling? What kind of relationship? What kind of marriage? What kind of fellowship? Where is the house that you are building for Him. And where is the place of His rest? Does the dove of God have a place to rest in our lives? Or are we so nervous and troubled with Laodicea? Let me ask you a question. Has God failed to put you in an age of, of, that is so neurotic and upset? To put you here to be a failure? Or was He exactly right? When he chose you to put you in the age of insanity because he knew that you would receive his peace. You would receive his consolation. You would receive his comfort. Is God a failure? Did he put you here? You should have been in the man age or you should have been the lion age. No, you're supposed to be here. You're exactly where God's called you to be. It's a love for communion. It's a love for your trial. It's a love for your adversity. Oh, Brother John, you're coming from left field. No, we're all going through this together. It's looking at it for the joy that's set before me. I will endure this cross. Where is his rest? Where's his house tonight in verse 2? For all those things hath mine hand made. And all those things hath been, saith the Lord. But to this man will I look. I will turn my attention to this person. Even to him that is poor. Here we go again. It's amazing. I'm going to turn my attention to someone that is poor and of a contrite spirit and trembleth at my word. 
Isn't this wonderful how the continuity of the Holy Spirit? We heard this this morning, didn't we? Someone that trembles at the Word. Can I include everyone here tonight? How long has it been since we've trembled? We've, uh, we've actually quivered. We actually are shaken at the presence of God. God has no glory in, in uh, burnt offerings no more. It's, uh, it's looking to a heart that is broken and is contrite. I believe this with all my heart. You won't stay poor. You won't stay poor being married to the King of Heaven. But when He comes to us, we're poor. We're broken. We... Let's just say it like this tonight. There's some that do not want to come into the presence of God. They actually shun it. They actually shun a communion service. They shun... Being around the believers. They want to get away. It makes them feel uneasy. They're ashamed, actually. Because it reminds them of their sin. We've all been there, so we've all, we, there's times when, when we were in sin. And the way of a transgressor is very hard. We want to make it easy on a person. But the only real peace is to come back to Jesus. I was listening to the prayer lines this afternoon, and Brother Brown was talking about a backslider, someone that had really went away and actually went out of their position with God, and how Brother Branham dealt with that person. He didn't cut him off, but he was speaking in love. I was so impacted, Brother Tom, by the prayer lines this afternoon, as that was the first thing we did when we got in our vehicle, was turn on the prayer lines. When Brother Branham speaking to a lady, he would say, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am, is that right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir, he's speaking to a man. That ought to influence us in this age of disrespect and loss of affection, loss of love. People don't even want to be called a him or her anymore. But God made us this way. The respect of a prophet to humanity. Someone that was backslidden and away from this love of God. It was like the Lord Jesus was putting his arms and wanting to include them and bring them back. Hello, priests and kings tonight. That's our responsibility. Not to shun and push people off. But it makes people that don't want to be in his presence, they feel convicted. And many times they feel confused. They do not understand. So they tend to just get a stare and just like a dead stare ahead and just like an enduring thing. Like they're going through life like they're just surviving. And God wants to shake them out of that and say, I dearly love you. I love you. Why are you going about that all alone? Oh, but the believer, we know that we need his presence. We know that in these times of great confusion, and even when we all sense these things in our human nature, that we know that we need that trust in God. I need respect in God. I need that brokenness again, Jesus. I need to feel my poorness without you, God. Friends, if not, we become like everyone else. We got it all together. We've been there. We can survive on our medical program. We can make it through life. Just borrow some more money or do this. Friends, I wonder sometimes if that's our biggest curse. And God has to break down all these pillars in our lives for us to look back up to Him and be broken again. Be contrite. 
My Lord Jesus, help us, Lord. I pray tonight as we prepare for the service, Lord, give us a greater love for you, God. Give us a love for your presence, Lord. Don't let us go through the motions of communion service. And even a meeting like this, that one day might be taken away from us. Don't let it become common to us. You remember Brother Branham spoke about the man that was on his road to the seaside and he was going there for a rest. And he wanted to refresh himself because he, he thought he, if he could just get where the seagulls were and, and where they flew over the water and they skipped down by the white tipped waves and as the waves would roar and burst through the air and he wanted to smell the salt water. And he, and he, and he said, oh, it would be such a place of rest if I could just get by the seashore. See all the things the sea has to offer. The blue sky as it reflects from the sky to the water. And how the foam of the salt water will boil up in waves and strike. And they'll roll. If I can just stand and look at that and hear the scream of the gull. And on his road down to the seashore, Brother Branham's talking like this. He met a man that was coming out of that experience. The man knew the gulls. He knew the water. He knew the salt. He knew the waves. And this old, old gentleman, old salt, Brother Branham calls, old sailor, was walking back and he said, Where goest thou? Uh, he said, I go down to the seashore to enjoy the goodness of the sea. And the old salt said, I don't see nothing strange about it. The waters are just waters. The sky is just the sky. The goal is just another bird. And Brother Branham stops and he said, See, he had seen it so much till it became common to him. Lord, don't become common to us, Jesus. Don't let your presence become common. Don't let your love become common. It's a disease. It's an affliction. It's an epidemic. People can be all around Jesus. They can hear about Jesus. They can hear quotes of Brother Branham. They can be in a good church and be cold and become common. And I say, Lord, deliver me from evil. Deliver me from that trespass. Deliver me, as Brother Daniel said Wednesday night, from that transgression, that blasphemy. It's blasphemy. Lord, don't let it become a blasphemous life where I live right around where the glory is. Right around where there's help. There's healing in communion. Give us a love for communion then. Not just the communion table, but fellowship with God. Talking with God. This old man had lost the thrill. He was all around where... Someone else would have loved to have been around the, the goals and the water and the blueness. And another person was experiencing it every day. It had lost its thrill. And Brother Branham said, that's what's the matter with the people. They've seen goodness and miracles and divine things of God moving and working until it becomes common to us. You don't notice it no more. In the meetings, I've noticed when people under his discernment will speak right out in the audience, just as he did when he walked in Galilee, just as he promised he said he would. And the first time they say, wow, did it ever. Then, it, then that's got to be the Lord. Then the next time, well, 
then after a while, it's just another thing. I'm quoting Brother Branham. He, he brought an illustration of it can just become so common. We lose the thrill. I tell you tonight, being a Christian is the greatest thing that ever was. If you're under the greatest affliction and trouble tonight, if you are a Holy Ghost filled Christian, you ought to thank God. Feel like shouting on top of a mountain, lifting my hands, saying hallelujah. The cross has reached into my heart. And I love him back tonight. I felt like coming right to the communion service as I felt you singing and felt you entering in. You had certainly hit into the channel. It's love. So I was communicating with Brother Murphy Wong yesterday in China, just expressing our love to him and letting him know that he's not alone. That's love. He's part of us. But we can become so common to one another and pass over things to where we don't notice it. And somebody new walk in or somebody like Brother George moves his family here and his wife is sitting here and all their lovely children and he's away in Africa. It's because they saw value. 30 years ago, my father saw value in moving us here. It was a love. Many of you are sacrificing great for the kingdom, but we don't want it to get like Peter said. Oh, we've given up houses, we've given up lands, and we've given up this, and we start to live like a victim, like we're always lower. No, it's on the, quite on the contrary. God has made us rich in faith. There's so much power in this room. Every disease and every affliction has to flee at the name of Jesus. He puts bridles in that trial's mouth to only take you where he wants you to go. And Satan cannot have you. David said, though I make my bed in hell, he'll not leave me there. In other words, if you're living in hell tonight, God is not going to leave you. You see brokenness, God sees healing. just becomes common we don't notice things but i pray god would open our eyes of understanding and our hearts that might get closed up with things that the lord would restore that thrill back again can we pray that together restore the thrill back again restore the blessedness back again you're not a victim you see brokenness god sees relationship god sees you coming out of that because he wants something of this relationship he wants something from you. Brother Branham says it should shake our faith till we'd open up every door of faith and everything else and say, Lord Jesus, take full possession of me now. Take me into your caring. Oh, God cares. Take me into your caring. The world doesn't care about you. I hope some of you realize that if you die tonight, tomorrow, this next week, they just get somebody else at your job. You're just a number to them. Hello, everybody. Say, how would this church do without me? Well, it'd probably go right on. We love you, but if you're a believer, you're going to go into his presence. We're going to go right on. Say, it all collapsed without me. No, you're, you've got something warped in your mind. 
Everything is clicking along just fine. But don't get on that negative side where you think you're so big and great. Come back into the caring heart of God where He can take selfishness away. Brother Branham is saying, take my misunderstandings away. I'd be fantastic. My misunderstandings have no eternal value. They hurt you. They destroy you. They cause complexes. Lord, take my misunderstandings away. Take my doubts away. Open my eyes, Lord, and let me see. Take all of me and be the Lord of my life. I know this isn't deep tonight, but we just felt to speak on this going into communion. Many times over the years, just counseling individuals, maybe they come or we speak to them. There might be an issue in their life or something they struggle with, but sometimes it comes down to a simple prayer. And you take your Bible and you say, Lord, give me a love for you and the things of God that's greater than this thing I'm wrestling with. Is this okay tonight? Whatever, is, whatever struggles you or is in your heart, Lord, give me a love for prayer, for your presence. Give me a love for Scripture, for the message that is greater than anything else. God answers those kind of prayers. Do we believe that tonight? There are certain prayers the Holy Spirit goes right after. Let us remind you again tonight as we come to the communion table that if you have asked God to forgive you of sins in your life, stop talking to Him about it. Once things are under the blood, stop coming back with your head down and and you're not believing in His justification. You're putting it right back into His face and God forgive me and Lord I'm sorry and all of this. If you've asked Him to put it under the blood, stop bringing it up. He honestly does not know what you're talking about. Hallelujah. I believe our our meetings will be full of more of that spontaneous praise and worship if we could shove back our unbelief and just believe the Word of God. Get simple again and come back to the basics. Whatever the God says, I take that. By the time you run it through all your reasoning and your thoughts, it's down to nothing. I, I said we need to grow up from that. We need to leave that behind us. Say, God, I take you at your word. I'm a minister and we do that. When Brother Tom mentioned about the prayer line services, I wrote that on the top of my notes. And that was the first thing I did in my van. My son's here as a witness. Right into healing lines one. I listened to it this afternoon. I listened to it when I rested. I listened to it when I took a shower. I listened to it as I got ready. What, what are you talking about? Because it's the Word coming down. Hear the Word of the Lord. Act on the Word of God. Last Sunday when Brother Tom, and I'm just speaking about the love of communion, when he made some certain comments and things, immediately, within minutes, we implemented some of those things into our family. That's the way it ought to be. It's love. It's love. Some of you are here tonight. You're sick in your body. You want us to get to the communion because there's healing in the cup. There's healing in the, in the wine. You're just anxious to let the Lord prove His Word. And I pray, God, t- 
touch you tonight. By His stripes you were healed. And if you're well and you're strong, we ought to be pulling for one another. We're living in the time of missing limbs coming back and lungs being cleared up. Marriages being restored and churches being established. Young men rising up and young ladies rising up. Speaking the word out. So who gave you that authority? The Lord did. God answers those kind of prayers. When you say, Lord, I want a greater love for you than anything in this life. God loves worship from you. When you're broken and contrite and tremble at His Word. You say, I've got to get this together. I've got to get myself together. I'm shaking. I'm, uh, no, that's the Holy Spirit on you. We need to learn to live in His presence more. Move me further than Jesus. We get comfortable in our skin. We get comfortable with making this body so comfortable. God moves us out of our comfort zones where we got to cry out to Him. Is this okay tonight? It's love. It's something real. The believer loves the cross. I just have a list of things here to say. The believer loves the cross. We love salvation. Brother Michael prayed in his prayer about the testimonies. Don't you love to hear a good testimony? Who loves a good testimony? We just... We love that because it's communion. See, what God did in that person, I just saw it this morning. This morning, an x-ray of a sister that was just full of cancer. Then another x-ray and half of it's gone. Then another x-ray and it's all gone. That's a testimony. Our God reigns. Believers love that. We love fellowship and talking with God. We love to rejoice in His presence. Hallelujah. We, sometimes we get so formal, and even in church, even at these times of our highest moments of praise and hearing the Word, we just become so like statues sometimes, just so immobile. I think it ought to be liberal and great where we wave our hands, we say amen. amen. Uh-huh. That's communion. Yes, I see what you mean. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yeah, yeah you're right. Not just sitting there, sitting. That's not communion. That... You ever seen somebody at a coffee shop and somebody just going, that's not communion. That's a one way. I don't know what you t- say that is. That's one way. That's selfish, is what it is. Communion is back and forth. Uh huh. Yes, I see what you mean. Wow. Are you serious? Yes. And you go on. Believers love that. Patiently waiting on the Lord. We love to see someone healed. We love miracles so great. We love communion. Times like this. Well, just a matter of days it was given as an as a announcement. And I, some of you changed your schedule. Some were disappointed they couldn't be here tonight. They wanted to be there so disappointed. Because we have a love for it. We love it. It's showdown time. Someone else runs from it, like I said. Some shun it. They don't really want to be around, and it's kind of embarrassing because their sin kind of comes out. But for a believer, we realize many times 
We often speak about the dark hours that we're living in or the negative things of this life. Our hardships and we talk about our trials and our difficulties and our battles and our troubles. But tonight I'd like to focus in on the benefits of communion. There's benefits in communion. There's strength in communion. There's intimacy. Come closer. Come around. It's, it's in communion. It's back and forth. It's Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, how did you bear your cross? When, when the Bible says, for the joy that was set before him, that's literal. I didn't lose you, did I? It's literal when a man dripping with blood and his agony and the joy kept driving him further, kept driving him further. I don't believe he was just giving high fives to the soldiers. And, you know, friends, he was a man going to the cross, but it was God in the man. So there must have been something inside of him driving him. It was a hunger. It was a thirst. And I believe for the believers, we can focus on a lot of things tonight. But to focus on the benefits of communion when His Spirit is in the cup. Peace is in the cup. The dynamics of the Holy Ghost is in communion. Then why would you run away? Why would you want to not be around? Why would we want to lessen our prayer life? Why would we want to shun the gospel? Oh my, there's consolation in communion. There's confirmation when the Lord Jesus just confirms something to you and you know that's God. Heavens and earth will pass away. But for you, God spoke to you. Maybe tonight God wants to speak to somebody in this communion service and give you direction for your life, for your ministry, for your family. Maybe you come broken. Maybe you come shattered and confused. And God wants you to look at it from the other side. I see a bride rising up without spot or without wrinkle or any such thing. And you're looking at the same thing saying, it's shallow. It's not deep. Uh, Look at these hinder parts. And God's looking at the same thing and saying, she's lovely. She's going to make it. That's my wife. I've given her more than enough. Doesn't that bring your heart into a love affair more with Jesus? It's time for us to go to the communion. So in conclusion, there's a lot of things we can love tonight. A lot of things. People love coffee. People love chocolate. People like food. People just love cars or they love trucks or they love reading or they love hunting. Some love to sleep. They love to shop. They love sports. They just can't get enough of this. Or they love these electronic devices. They love clothes. They love, and it just goes on and on. But the bride loves communion. Lord, bring a love into our hearts for communion, Jesus. Oh, this precious, sweet communion that we can have. And I think that that will be just good for us tonight. Jesus prayed in John 4 verses in John 17 that they may be one as we are one. It was the love of God constraining, constraining, 
constrain it. I've got to say it once in verse 11, another time in verse 21, 22, 23, and John 17, that they might be one. It's all love. And we're not going to turn to these scriptures. I'll just say it to you. This will be our last comment. In Leviticus, the Bible talks about when there was a leprosy in a family, in a person, and in a house. That's why we read the scripture in Isaiah about what house are you building. And it's called a fretting leprosy in Leviticus 14. And they literally had to burn down and break up the house if a leprosy or a sin got into the house so deep where it was eating away, it was a consuming, it was a raging, angry, bitter, sharp and painful, fretting leprosy that was rampant in the house. And they tried to bring the priest to deal with the issue, deal with the individual, deal with the marriage, deal with the home. And if they couldn't, they literally had to tear down the house Burn the house because it was a fretting leprosy. The priest was involved. I'm thankful in Hebrews when it talks about we have a high priest that is touched with the feeling of our infirmities that we can make confession to. He's a high priest tonight. But lastly, in Revelations 1 and 5, we are kings and priests. So we have a responsibility to one another. Before we go to the communion now, it's not all on God. It's not all on Brother Branham or the preacher. It's now on us. We're kings and priests. What kind of atmosphere, what kind of love are we spreading to people around us? Do they want what we've got? That's what the token is. It's the Passover. In the time of Passover, the communion, the token is a love. Gather everyone together. Let there be love in the house. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Our Lord Jesus, our time of hearing your word is over. As we come to the time of the communion, as we confess our sins and our wrongs, we want everything to be under the blood. As we turn now to this sacred time, may the love of God soak deeply down into every heart. We don't need to be looking to someone else or looking around or looking down the bench or across the room. It's now personal. It's now communion between us and you. And I pray that you know our hearts, that each life here would, as we soberly and seriously consider these things, that you would bring us into a greater love affair. Oh God, let your Holy Spirit come very near to us. And may there be healings. May there be deliverances. Let there be reconciliations. Let the mind of Christ drop down into individuals that are praying for leadership and praying for direction, needing counsel at this very delicate junction, at this very sensitive time and what they need to do and how they ought to approach it. May the Holy Ghost, which we have now on this side of the communion, on this side of the New Testament, at the end of the ages, at the end of the capstone when perfect love is settling down now upon the pyramid. May the Holy Spirit settle down into every life as we give you this service. 
as we give you the remainder of this evening and foot washing as we're priest, brother to brother, sister to sister, back to the family of God, expressing love and praying one for the other, that there would be no one against and opposing, but there would be true unity and a closeness and an intimacy. In this communion time, we pray. We commit our lives to you in the words that's been spoken. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's just stand and change our position. We'll sing that song, brother. We're no longer a slave to sin. We'll turn the service back to brother Tom for him to lead us. Let's start in verse 3. From my mother's womb, you have chosen me.
communion and do the love communion with our Father. Tonight we are beginning this communion service. You've heard the word and we thank Him for the word of God. That we indeed have a love to have communion with the King of glory. Ever living story, my God and Savior came and Jesus was His name. That is a wonderful, wonderful thing. We can say we can have communion with our Heavenly Father. This is an open communion table for those that are blood-bought, purchased by the blood of the Lamb, been born again by the Spirit of God. Communion then is open to you. We will have communion. The brothers will break the bread. You will hold the bread and we'll take the bread together. And then the brothers will come forth. We will pass out the wine and you can take that at any time you wish. After the time of worship, the time of thanksgiving, we will then separate from here. The brothers will go to the fellowship room. The sisters will go to the chapel and the Sunday school room. And they will be doing their foot washing. And the brothers will be doing it in the, in the fellowship room. The Bible says here, as you stand, if you want to take your Bibles, we can read it. Out of 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Paul writing in verse 23. Now we are taking communion. And I appreciate Brother John laboring, speaking. Brother Branham, I had this quote this afternoon. He said, don't you take that Lord's Supper by tradition. You take it because it's the love of God. And I thought how fitting that was. Do not take this Lord's Supper by tradition. You take it because it's the love of God in your heart in keeping the commandment of God. That's why we're standing here tonight. To show the Lord Jesus we love him for Calvary. So Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11 and 23. For I have received of the Lord that which also I deliver unto you. That the Lord Jesus the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks he broke it. And said take eat this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And after the same manner, he took the cup. And when he had stopped saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. So for this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we were judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. 
Wherefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, tarry one for another. Brother Branham often says at this point, he says, if you have an odd against a brother or a sister, take this moment or take this time to make it right. Discerning then the Lord's body. Assuming that nobody has taken a position or wants to move or to address somebody, we believe it's all under the blood. No grudges, no hardships, no nothing towards one another. And we're thankful for that. So now I'm going to ask Brother Jeff if you will pray over the bread as you break the brothers break the bread. And the Bible says then, speaking of the bread, and when he had given thanks, he break it and said, Take heat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do. In remembrance of me. Brother Jeff, why don't you pray? Wonderful Father, as your redeemed family is gathering around the table once again tonight, as we heard, it's not out of tradition, O Father, but out of what you have done for every one of us, Lord Jesus. You have washed us with your blood. We're all standing here, Father, with the same testimony. Washed in your blood, Father, forgiven us of all of our sins, O God. And as we're going to take this bread into our hands, we're only humans, O Father, as we're breaking it. If it wouldn't have been for you to come in this end time to break the bread of life to us, we wouldn't be here, O Father. So we pray that you would bless this evening, O God, with your presence as your children commune with you, O Father. Lip to ear, may there be a, a holy communion from from their ears to, from your mouth to their ears, O God, and from their lips to your ears, O Father, may there be sweet fellowship, Lord. May everyone that needs healing be healed, O Father, for as we've heard, there's healing in the cup, O God. We're partaking of your word, Lord Jesus, and we're doing as you have commanded us, Father. We commit it into your hands now as we break this bread. May your people be blessed. In Jesus' name, amen. Brothers, then pass the plate. Just hold that, and we'll take the bread together. Love to sing, oh, that love that brought salvation's plan. Blessed song has wonderful words, has wonderful meanings.
are we taking communion? What was the purpose of Calvary? What was the purpose of the cross? The purpose of it all is a result that he wanted to redeem his fallen creation. And in that redemption, Brother Brandon goes on to say, there is forgiveness of sin. Oh, the grace that brought it down to man. He said, because without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness. And if we had forgiveness tonight, there should be a joy welling up within us. Not because somebody tells you that, because it's a reality of that. That Jesus Christ died for my sin. Oh, the joy. Oh, for the grace of God. How thankful we are. My Redeemer then has been faithful and true. Let's just sing that chorus. My Redeemer is faithful.
says, and when they break it, they gave thanks. Take heed. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Let's partake. God bless you. took the cup and when he had sipped saying sup saying this cup is the new testament in my blood this do ye as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me brother glenn would you please pray and when he comes bring it the wine by your way and you can take the cup
dear Lord. God, where would we be without that precious blood? Oh God, everything that we have in this life is given to us through that blood. We only realized, oh God, what you gave us. We cannot live without that blood, oh God. We're thankful for it, Lord. Oh God. We thank you so much that you went to the cross, oh God. You shed your precious blood for us, oh God, that we could have everything we need, oh God, for healing, for lives that we can live for you, oh God, for without that blood we wouldn't be where we are today, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for that sacrifice that you gave on Calvary, oh God. May we never forget, oh God, what you've done for us. I thank you for your blood, Lord, as we partake of these emblems, oh God, the wine, your blood, oh God. I just pray that you would bring to our remembrance, oh God, of all you've done for us. And, oh God, all you have for us, Lord, for everything is in that blood. Just commit the saints partaking now into your hands, oh God. Bless each one, Lord. And we thank you so much for your love towards us, oh God, that you'd come down and sacrifice yourself for us. We thank you for all this in the precious and holy name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 God bless you as you receive the cup. Hey, for it reaches. This blood, this blood, this blood, this blood reaches. Reaches down to the lowest valley, reaches to the highest mountain. This wonderful blood.
can rejoice in that? Who can rejoice in that tonight? Paul writes in Colossians 1, For he has delivered us, delivered us from darkness. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness. And he has transferred us by the blood into the kingdom of his beloved son. I say praise be to God. I am thankful for the blood of Jesus Christ who has delivered us from complete darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. May God be praised and may he receive all glory. Have you then been to this fountain? Have you been to this fountain? How many can say I've been to that fountain? And I'm drawing benefits from that fountain. I'm rejoicing because I've been to that fountain. Have you been
beneath that fountain? Have you been rejoicing by the benefits of Calvary? We can rejoice at this communion time because it was victory at Calvary. It was not defeat, it was victory. When he cried out, it's finished. Redemption price is paid. Healing's been paid. Deliverance's been paid. Have you been at that fountain? We can rejoice in the blood of the Lamb. What a victory that we can say, victory indeed at Calvary is mine. Victory indeed is mine. God sought us out. God purchased my salvation. And we're thankful for the blood of the Lamb. God bless you as you have done this and are doing this in remembrance of the King of glory. I will turn to foot washing in John chapter 13, verse 2. John chapter 13. said with great desire he desired this time what a wonderful time what a wonderful plan of redemption and after and the supper being ended verse 2 the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot Simon's son to betray him Jesus knowing that the father had given all things into his hand and that he had come from God and went to God Isn't that tremendous? Can you rejoice in that scripture that we're reading? We read this at every communion service. But we could stop on this service, Jesus knowing the Father has given him all things into his hands. And he had come from God and went to God. He riseth from the supper, laid aside his garments, took a towel, girded himself. And after he poured the water into a basin, he began to wash the disciples' feet wiped them with the towel with, with he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter said unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter said unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me how important is foot washing I would say it's very important thou had no part with me Simon Peter's response or Simon Peter said unto him Lord not my feet only but also my hands my hands and my head Jesus said to him he that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet but is clean every whit and you are clean but not all for he knew who should betray him Therefore said he, ye are not all clean. So after he had washed their feet and had taken his garment, he was set down again and said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you? You call me Master and Lord, and you do, and you say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, you ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you shall do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. 
If ye do these things, happy are ye if ye do them. Shall ye do these things? And happy are ye if ye do them. Sisters, I'll pray. You will go to the uh, chapel or the Sunday school rooms upstairs. The brothers will proceed then to the fellowship room. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, what an example has been left to us. That we are able to be a partaker, Lord, once again, of a communion supper. To remember that broken body. To remember how that blood was shed. To remember how you washed the disciples' feet. Lord, may there be a blessing upon your children as they now, Lord, partake of the Word of God. And the brothers will wash the sisters' feet. The sisters, the sisters' feet. The brothers, the brothers. Lord, may it be a blessed time. Lord, as they grab one another's feet, may they realize it's not just the feet of a brother so-and-so, but it's the feet that Jesus walks in. May it be a blessed time for them. And as we return, may we come rejoicing that we've been able to fulfill the Word of God once again. Bless your children now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may go, and we'll see you when you're finished. God bless you.
after a day like today. This is just too good to let go. What do you do with my verse? That's not the right one. There you go. See, I, I'm getting old, but I'm not that old. For when God looks your way, he no longer sees a sinner. Might as well rejoice. Okay, then if God looks your way and he doesn't see a sinner, then you look at one another the same way God sees you. What a church we would have. What a church meeting we would have. No feelings, no bitterness. But a saint who's been washed white as snow, not by anything you've done, but by the blood of God's own Son. I think we could sing this with a little bit more meaning. For when God looks your way, He knows. Is your God tremendous? Is your God tremendous? Can we sing our God is tremendous before we go to rejoice? When I'm in need.
There's no storm too powerful my God cannot handle. Doesn't matter what we face this week, our God is more powerful than any storm that comes by your way. We've come to a time, we have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. To show Satan, you might have got Eve in the Garden of Eden, but we're going to get you in Satan's Eden. And as Brother Tim Pruitt said years ago, we're going to be serpent stompers. I thought that's a pretty good phrase, Brother John. That's a quotable quote. If you ever talk to Brother Tim Pruitt, you tell him how real that is. We are Satan, serpent, stompers in Laodicea. Our God is that powerful. I'm looking forward to a wonderful week. And I don't know what Satan's got in store. But I know the God that I have trust in. And I know he's greater than anything that come by our way. Seems like a week where this saint went on to be with the Lord and this one went on and this one went on. One day maybe Brother Tom will go on. Do not be sad for me. Will you promise me that? And I'm being real. I'm being honest. I'm being truthful. Don't be sad for me. I'll be dancing around the throne of God, rejoicing with the brothers because it's real. It's real. Do we fear death? Not, not a chance. Not a chance. God bless you for a wonderful day. Pulling on the word. Being faithful. Giving God the glory. Where else would you rather be? You know, I feel so sorry for, you know, all those Sunday God worshipers of football. We wouldn't even fill up a quarter of a little corner of a stadium. It blows my mind when you see the thousands upon thousands there. And a big headline this week, some, I don't know, quarterback or baseball guy, whoever they paid $147 million for, he's let them down and they fired him. Give me his $147 million. Can you imagine having somebody that expensive and he lets you down? But we've got a God that will never, ever let you down. He's faithful, Brother Daniel. God bless you for taking Wednesday. It's been a great week. And may God give us a victorious week. Brother EBA, God bless you. Would you come and close us in a word of prayer? We love you, Brother EBA. God bless you. Let's pray. Almighty God, we just want to thank you so much for all you've done for us today. We thank you for this morning service, how you came and walk in our midst and do just great things in our midst. You spoke to us, you used the servant of the Lord, and this evening we, you, we came together again just to worship you. And your presence has been so gracious with us. Father, indeed, we've met with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ this day. And Father, we are so thankful for all that you've done. And I want to say, blessed be your holy name. Thank you for the success. Thank you for the victory. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for the healing. 
Thank you because we have seen cancer being healed. And we have seen cancer will be healed again. We thank you, Father, for all the healings you've brought our way, Father. We thank you for the soul that you've healed. We thank you for those who have been dead in sin and trespasses you've given life to. We thank you for how you've given hope to the hopeless. You've given faith to the faint. Oh, Lord, we are so grateful unto you this evening. And, Lord, we just thank you for what a wonderful time of food worship and just communion service, having... These are the ordinances you left us, Lord. And in obedience, we have done it, Father. We pray that, Lord, let the blessings that go with these be our portions, O God. And more so, we are coming to a week that we know nothing about it. But we know Him that knows about the week. And to Him we commit the week, O God. That when the enemy will rise up like a flood, that the Spirit of the living God will raise up a standard against Him. Father, in your hand, we trust and commit our lives, Father. Thank you for all that you've done. We know that this week will be good for us. No matter the persecution the enemy may bring our way, we will be steadfast. We will hold on to your word. We will not fall. For we have been called to this, to this rapture. And there is nothing that will stop us from it, Lord. And even this week, we will all fly away. Let us all fly away. And get over there. Worship you in your presence. Sing songs of victory, Lord. Thank you for we know you've had an answer. Bless every soul that is here this evening. And even for those who are joining us by the way of the internet. That your same measure of grace and blessing will be apportioned to them, Lord. Thank you because we know you've heard us, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for we ask thee through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. I'm looking for Brother Anselm. Is he already left for the ferry? Is he already gone? He did already. It's amazing that somebody would travel all the way over from Victoria, come on up for a communion service on his 50th birthday. Amen. So wherever he is on the road, may the blessing of God be upon him. Amen. Well, just give me your hand. Let's agree together. And now you're dismissed as we sing it. <laughs>